Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. It's October and in the UK, it's Black History Month. To mark and celebrate the work of black entrepreneurs and social innovators, we'll be hearing from lecturers and students involved with the Centre's MST in Social Innovation. Dr. Leon Prieto is the Heritage Bank University Professor and Associate Professor of Management at Clayton State University in Georgia, USA. Leon joined us in June as a guest lecturer. So there's this philosophy in South Africa known as Ubuntu, which roughly translates to mean I am because we are. I began the interview by asking Leon what motivates him to teach people about black Americans' contributions to the field of management. As a professor, you know, I'm very passionate about teaching various subjects like social innovation, human resources, and I also try to make changes to the curriculum, you know, so I advocate for including some of these hidden figures of African descent who contributed to the field of management and entrepreneurship. So I think it's high time that all students learn about these important contributions. Do you think there needs to be more of a a push to include other perspectives? Absolutely. You know, we need perspectives from Africa, Asia, and the work I do, I look at the contributions of African-Americans to the field of um, business management. So we need to hear other voices, and there are other ways of management and entrepreneurship, other frameworks that we can consider. So most of the teaching right now comes from a capitalistic economic system perspective. And I'm trying to introduce a new perspective or an alternative perspective. And in the continent of Africa, they believed in traditions of cooperation. And when during the days of slavery happened in the new world, there were a number of slaves brought to um, the United States and South America and the Caribbean, etc., who brought over their traditions of cooperation. So a lot of things survived the Middle Passage, and it's still happening today. You know, these um, practices are still practiced in Trinidad, in Jamaica, in the United States, and so forth. So we have to really learn to appreciate different cultures, because that's what makes the world a more special place, you know. That, it makes the world more interesting if we learn to appreciate other people's culture as well, versus just an Anglo-Saxon, Eurocentric culture. Have you found any resistance to what you are doing and what you're teaching people, or is it that people are surprised by what they're finding out? There's a lot of surprise, surprise looks. My students really appreciate it. Um, the school I work for is a predominantly black institution, so the students are usually quite startled that they didn't even know some of these historical figures that I introduced them to. And I've, I've received a lot of support from all quarters, you know, people from Europe, you know, people of Caucasian descent United States have been supportive, but I do expect to get some criticism that comes with the territory in academia, but I welcome the criticism. That makes me know that I'm getting people passionate about a subject matter, so I don't expect the the reactions to all be positive, but I'm ready to have any debates with anyone concerning this topic. What kind of 
criticisms have you dealt with? Well, there are some people who might consider the work that I'm doing to be critical or challenging capitalism, or they'll try to say all these different things. But I'm not too concerned with the critics. You know, my greatest concern is ensuring that all of my students learn different perspectives of management and entrepreneurship that mirrors their experience or their forefathers' experience. And it could actually help them become better managers because they get to learn different styles of management based on an Afrocentric perspective. What led you to this place to research African culture and traditions within business management? Well, as a child growing up in Trinidad, I always had a passion for history, but I always had a problem with the curriculum. From ever since back home, you know, I took classes in West Indian history, and all I learned about was how a lot of Englishmen freed the slaves. And I didn't really learn the experiences of the Africans who were enslaved, right? And then I moved to the U.S. and I attended a historically black college known as Claflin University. And when I studied business management, I was hoping to learn more of the African-American experience, but there was none to learn. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to be the scholar who is going to do the research, dig into the archives, ask the questions to find out about these hidden figures that the textbooks exclude. You know, so myself and my co-author, Dr. Simone Phipps, so we spent a lot of time going through old dusty files, reading old archive newspapers from the late, eight, late 19th century, early 20th century, and we found quite a large amount of material that showcased that there were people of African descent contributing when it comes to management thought leadership and who are their own unique philosophies of management based on that African system of cooperation. So could you explain then what you mean by African cooperation? So there's this philosophy in South Africa known as Ubuntu, which roughly translates to mean, I am because we are. So it's a communitarian approach that believes that everyone deserves a piece of the pie, pretty much. You know? So it's not a capitalistic mindset, it's a more cooperative mindset, a more communitarian mindset. And this tradition, it's in most countries in sub-Saharan Africa. They may have different names, such as Umuganda, in um, Rwanda, then in Zambia it's called humanism, and in Kenya, umuja, you know, so there's all these different um, names for them, but it roughly means the same thing. And those practices and those traditions, they were not lost when um, slaves from West Africa entered into the Americas, you know, so some of these traditions were still practiced, and during the days of slavery, um, slaves had no choice but to get together to solve problems they faced in the plantations. And even when slavery was over, these slaves didn't get any sort of reparations, so they had no choice but to work together, engage in black economic cooperation, to help bury each other, and to build homes, and all these different things. And they maintain this cooperative approach to solving the social problems facing the black community. 
And this has been a very central part of the African experience in the continent and also in the Americas. How would you envisage, given the opportunity to actually make this happen and get everybody on side, is there a way to bring that idea of humanism and, and, and community in terms of the African way of doing business and lending it with a more Western Eurocentric form of capitalism? Well, capitalism is here to stay. It is definitely here to stay. But what I can say is that we need a more conscious form of capitalism. And it's not perfect, but if we adopt some of the principles of Ubuntu and make capitalism work for everyone, we may want to consider adopting some of these African traditions of cooperation. It can actually make capitalism a much better philosophy, for lack of a better term, you know? And we have a very narrow view of capitalism as people today. A lot of times we tend to focus on a couple of pages in Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations, and we just focus directly on that, and we tend to take some of his writings out of context, right? So what we view as capitalism is actually quite distorted, you know? But, um, but if we adopt some of these principles of cooperation, we will soon realize that it can go hand in hand with capitalism. So I'm not saying, you know, let's destroy this economic order and start something afresh. But what I am proposing is that we consider other frameworks that are complementary and that could help more people because the way things are now, there's a lot of disparities in this world, right? And capitalism can become a better system for all if we adopt African traditions of cooperation. How then does this all tie in with social innovation? Unfortunately, people of African descent, be it in the United States, be it in the UK, be it on the continent of Africa, tend to have a lot of problems gaining access to funding, right? Why would that be the case? Well, you know, discrimination it still exists. We don't live in a post-racial society, unfortunately. And because of the ugly head of discrimination, a lot of um, people of African descent in the United States don't get access to a lot of equity financing and debt financing. So a lot of times we have to do things ourselves you know, to get funding to start businesses. And in the early 20th century in the United States, there was a cooperative movement within the African-American community who pooled their resources together and started businesses. And that was the only way for them to actually launch some of these enterprises. And some of these enterprises solved social problems facing the black community in the United States. So many of these companies started as mutual aid societies, which then morphed into um, insurance companies and banks, etc. And many African-American companies started in the black church as well. So inherently, they had a social mission built in from the onset, you know, so they were born to be social purpose organizations or social enterprises, right? But unfortunately, um, during the 20th century, some of these African-Americans who started cooperatives were labeled communists, 
because of the business model they adopted. And they had no choice but to adopt that business model in order to survive. So they were labeled communists and faced a lot of oppression. Some people even faced death threats. And in the goal of trying to appear to be more American, many African-Americans um, pretty much decided the cooperative business model is not for them. And they decided to just be regular capitalists. How do black entrepreneurs then move forward and continue to be socially innovative in, in the current economic climate that we're living in? The approach you can use is a more cooperative approach because, as I previously mentioned, a lot of African-Americans or people of African descent, regardless of where they are on the planet, they have problems accessing funding and all these things. So maybe working with each other, utilizing each other's funding to launch these social enterprises together to solve some of these wicked problems facing the world. There are some um, agencies that provide debt and equity financing, but it is woefully inadequate. And because there are so many problems and social ills facing black and brown communities throughout this planet, we may have no choice but to go back to the olden days and engage in economic cooperation as a strategy to help solve some of these problems that are facing our communities today. We need to reconsider some of these old traditions and philosophies from Africa and also from Asia as well as it relates to management, cooperation, even innovation, because in countries such as India, there's a form of innovation known as Jugad, which basically allows people to innovate in these poverty-stricken cities in India. Also in Kenya, there's this philosophy known as Juakoli. Forgive me if I pronounce it wrong. <laughs> and it's a very similar philosophy where a lot of um, artisans and craftsmen and craftswomen innovate with very little resources. And in some of these countries, people do cooperate um, economically to pool their resources so they could purchase housing and land and start businesses and all these things. And we could do these things at a larger scale. We could scale up. Um, probably some enterprising social entrepreneur of color could probably come up with some kind of app where people could come together, raise funds, start a business, a social enterprise, and help solve some of these terrible problems facing our communities today. Did I just see a light bulb go off and a, pot, a potential <laughs> career path develop? It's possible. I might put in my resignation and my job tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, so there's all these opportunities um, that black and brown social entrepreneurs can tackle today, utilizing technology. You know, so I'm a firm believer in using cooperation as a way to solve a lot of these problems. We tend to adopt too much of an individualistic mindset. And as human beings, we are social beings. And I would love to make the argument that we are not only interested in self. We also have a love for community and family. So we need to go back to that mindset, that more cooperative spirit that's embedded in each and every one of us.
That was Dr. Leon Prieto from Clayton State University in Georgia. And you can find out more about the work of the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by searching for us on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you.